0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, yeah. Better than this. I don't
1: know what I'm doing. I can't do this
0: shit. What's better than this? Guys, being dudes here on the Draft Dudes podcast. Presented by Locked it's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Monday edition of the show. Kyle, this is the last week that we will not be able to watch football games that we haven't seen before. Can you feel
1: the love tonight? Kuna Matata, brother. The peace. How was it? Loved it loved it loved it loved it he loved it that's great
0: really really took me back brother i was really worried
1: i was really worried with the uh the expert reviews sounded like it was getting panned for being a shameless money pander but sounds like you enjoyed yourself which is great If,
0: if you never if you just watched the movie and you never knew the story or anything like that you probably don't appreciate it like you should but the fact that this was a staple of my childhood it's a movie that i think about still today Um, To see a modern day iteration of it with, you know, kind of, you know, a a CGI presentation, it was it was really nice to see that it was it more epic than the original. No, no. But and I I can see if you if you stripped yourself from the idea and said, this is all I know, I'm going to watch this movie. No, it's it's not going to live up to the expectations of the cartoon.
1: So what's next? Like, what's the what's the next movie of your childhood that's going to get remade?
0: Brother, I don't know how it's happened, but I've I've seen Rocky Balboa in movies on the big screen in the two thousands. You know, yeah, I've seen Rambo on the big screen in the two oh, so thousands. Stallone's the worst of all of them, man. Oh, he is not the worst. The Creed movies are good, man. Actually, I, I have not I have not seen Creed or Creed two. Oh, they're good. They're good movies. Um, I really like the Ninja Turtles and the original like actual people ninja turtles were good but the more recent ones have have, have really cow.
1: yeah i was not. glad they brought back bebop and rock steady though of course in yeah, the second one
0: really interesting characters
1: yeah i um i asked my significant other um your wife it, yeah if if <laughs> you were a character from the lion king who you would be yeah and she was stunned to find out that your answer for yourself was Timon. Um, it's really we're going back to this, huh? Well, I mean, I, I just wanted to acknowledge it because I crowdsourced it, and you know, people were surprised. But then people on Twitter started putting your picture next to uh, meerkats, and
0: <laughs> it I don't seems, know who it do seems I, to be I a little bit like? of resemblance there. Yeah, is it what I act like? I don't know. Do I act like any of these characters? No, I don't think so.
1: Just Timon, Timon is. You're much more of a central character in my life than Timon is like a, a peripheral character in Lion King. You know,
0: it was just it, it was all about the, the the sunken eyes that I feature. <laughs> you know, not about necessarily what role I would play. You know, it's those are different questions. There's a lot of questions surrounding the 2015 NFL draft,
1: though. Yeah, we're still waiting for answers on <laughs> some of them. Yeah, holy cow. Like, I did a series this past month covering 2016 saying, generally speaking, you need three years to figure out what guys are. And there's some guys from this or 2015 class that are, are now four years in that I still don't know what the hell to do with. Right, right. Jameis Winston being one of them. So I did yep. the redraft, Joe. And uh, the redraft went up on the site today and I did keep Jameis with the first pick because there's no other options. (laughs) Right. I mean like they needed a quarterback. I did not have Mariota going in the first round in the redraft.
0: Oh really? So that you have that big of a contrast between where Jameis is compared to where Mariota is. Well, here's the thing. I know, I know Marcus hasn't missed a ton of games,
1: but he's had a lot of durability issues and he's really regressed as a player over the last three years. 2016 was clearly Mariota's best season. And the last two years I get, there's been a lot of turmoil. I know he had the injury to his throwing elbow, So that really impacted his ability to throw the football. He's just, he's kind of turned into this like check down Charlie kind of guy. And he protects the football, but does it in the wrong way, even though he's athletic. And it's like, a lot of the same issues that I saw kind of manifest themselves in the regression of Ryan Tannehill with the
0: Dolphins. And obviously Jameis with Bruce Arians in the mix now in Tampa Bay. I mean, Jameis has been productive. That hasn't been the problem. It's been the turnovers, right? Like he's got to protect the football and still produce the, you know, the points and yardage that he does. the, The turnover piece of it has to go away. And I'll be interested to see how that meshes with Bruce Arians. Obviously, a, a schematic fit is definitely there. But, you know, for a quarterback that needs to cut down on turnovers matched with a head coach that says, no, you know, no risk it, no biscuit. It's going to be interesting to see how that all meshes together. The output's going to be there. But do the turnovers go away? That's going to be the question. Right. 58 interceptions and 54 starts for Janus Winston. <laughs> That's, not, that's that's a lot, brother. That's, that's a, lot a lot of turnovers. I'm meanwhile, not a math like, guy, but I could tell you that's more than
1: one a game. Meanwhile, Mariota had like less than one interception every two games over the course of this, this past season, but he also had like, I don't know, 11 touchdowns and like six average yards per attempt. And just like, the, I think the dynamic between them is very, very different. Now, if, if Winston falls flat on his face with Arians, then I would probably redo this 2015 redraft and I would not have Winston going number one overall because there are some great football players in this year's class. Although, interestingly enough,
0: a lot of the best ones didn't even go in the first round. Well, I was just looking through this draft and the, the question on my head has been, who's the best player? Who's been the best player drafted in 2015? I'm not sure it's not Trey Flowers, Kyle, who was picked number 101 in the fourth no, round.
1: Oh, Frank Clark's been a better football player than Trey Flowers. Over the course of his first four years, and so is Danielle Hunter.
0: I didn't even see Frank Clark's name. Frank You're Clark right. was picked sixty third, and Danielle Hunter was picked eighty eighth. Frank Clark was always a better pick than that. He had the off field stuff, right? right? I mean, and he didn't just have like
1: the domestic violence issue. Right. Uh, he was charged with a felony second degree home invasion and stole a laptop in two thousand. That's a problem.
0: I say that's a red flag, Kyle.
1: Right. So between that and the domestic violence incident, like Frank Clark, honestly, probably got drafted higher than he should have. based on the
0: red flags off the field. And now he's got a $100 million contract, and a team gave up a first- and a second-round pick to acquire him. Right. So when I did the
1: redraft, my top five were Winston to Tampa. I had the Titans going with Amari Cooper instead of Marcus Mariota, because if you remember, the Titans wanted a wide receiver, and they drafted Doriel Green Beckham at the 40th pick in this year's class. (laughs) You want a wide receiver? Just take a good one. Don't take the bad one. Then I had... Uh, the Jaguars taking Daniil Hunter instead of Dante Fowler at three. Yeah, I had the Raiders picking Frank Clark. Imagine Khalil Mack and Frank Clark. Hmm. I'd say
0: I'd say Oakland would have some good pass rushers.
1: Yeah, a lot better than the pass rushers they have now, right? Uh, and they got how many sacks did they have last year? Like eighteen?
0: Yeah, it was. Less oh than my god,
1: twelve or something. I don't know. It was yeah. horrible. And then I I actually had Trey Flowers going fifth to Washington because I like that scheme fit.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, where would they, would they play him? How would they play him in Washington? That'd be interesting.
1: I mean, kind of the same thing they did with Preston Smith, who they, they drafted in the second round of this year's – of the 2015 draft.
0: I just experienced a little bit of heartbreak. What's that? I'm navigating through, you know, this draft as we talk through it, and I just saw a name that it, – it struck a nerve with me. Oh, no. Halui Kikaha. Number 44 overall by – the. <sighs> By the by, the Saints was he that yeah. fun as shit to watch at, at, at on tape at Washington. Honestly, I thought he was a little overrated at Washington. You are
1: you're overrated. I know that's a, not a popular take. Who <laughs> was it? Was it our good friend Brian Perez who like loved Kikaha? Leave Brian out of this. Somebody loved oh, like was a lot of people in did in love with hello. He John Oning loved him too didn't him because he had a jiu-jitsu background.
0: Ah, yeah, yeah, that's pretty much all it'll take for John. <laughs> I need to see where I – I had Kikaha 48 on my board, so I wasn't – I mean, that was normal. I had a 131. Oh, jeez, you hated him. I mean, he wasn't explosive.
1: No, not at all. Kikaha's skill set does not match the high level of production he has created during his senior season. Kikaha is undersized, fleet-footed, but not explosive as an edge defender and lacks in power. He has instincts to provide rotational depth as a 3-4 defender or could transition into an off-ball linebacker in a four-man front defense.
0: The knee fourth, injuries were the problem. Kinda. Fourth round grade, a million different knee injuries. Yeah, he had he had two ACL tears in college. Yeah,
1: and I'm pretty sure he tore had two ACL tears in the in the NFL too. He's up to four total ACL tears. Not ideal. What do you do? It's like oh it's like that meme, like ah, oh, shit, here we go again. I, cannot, I can't imagine doing it once, let alone twice,
0: let alone yeah. four times. You ever suffered a big injury like that? I never have.
1: Uh, the worst injury I ever had was I separated my shoulder. Oh. And when they popped it back in place, uh, it, was, it was during a game, and my uh, collarbone, it's called your AC joint. It's what uh, some of the quarterbacks, when they have, like, shoulder sprains and stuff, it's that collarbone where it connects with your shoulder blade at the top of your shoulder. Yeah. Uh, that was out of place. And by the time the swelling went down – and it had healed a little bit. Uh, they said they would have had to uh, undo some connective tissue in there to put that back in place, and I never got it fixed. Oh, good. So that's my worst
0: injury. Yeah, I've got. I've only had minor stuff. Missed one game of my football career. One, one tough guy, gritty. Yeah. Hey, guess what?
1: I went back in the game though with the shoulder. Wow, would have never doubted that. How about? Uh... We got some busts here at the end of the top 10, Joe.
0: Yeah, we do. Wow. Kevin
1: White, 7th overall to the Bears. Vic Beasley, 8th overall to the Falcons. Eric Flowers, ninth overall to the Giants. Which one of these surprised you the most? Did you say Pro Bowl pass rusher Vic Beasley was a bust? Vic Beasley
0: has been terrible besides one season. <laughs> uh, which one's the most surprising to me that they busted between White, Beasley, and Flowers? Yeah. I hate to hold it against Kevin White. He just hasn't been healthy. Like, I, I don't know that he can't play. I know that Flowers can't play, although he's somehow projected to start <laughs> <laughs> this coming season. I don't know what we're doing. He's in, um, he's he, in Cincinnati, right? No, he's with, uh, with the Redskins? Yeah, he's is with it? the Redskins. He's yeah, the he is. You're right, you're yeah. right, you're right. Um, And Maddie V wants to tell us the Redskins are winning 10, 11 games this year. Brother. I've been working on Maddie V. What's up, dude? I know you're listening. Thank you. <laughs> um, all right. So which one's the most surprising? I don't know. Maybe the Falcon. Uh, maybe the Beasley. Because Flowers never deserved to be picked number nine, right? That was always weird the second it happened. And then Kevin White's. I think he was worth the pick. He just couldn't stay healthy. So to me, it's Beasley who, you know, he, at the time, Speed Off the Edge was, well, Speed Off the Edge is still very exciting. And, and Beasley gave you that. And he was yoked up and he tested well, and he's not been consistent and on a defense that's tailor-made for his skill set. So I guess the most surprising is, is Beasley to me. I mean, has not been consistent is the understatement of the year. Well, there's is there a stronger word than inconsistent for to describe somebody that's inconsistent?
1: Very inconsistent. Oh, very he's been yeah, very yeah. inconsistent. Very inconsistent. <laughs> Four sacks as a rook, 15 and a half in 2016. Then they moved him off ball, didn't they? And he had five. And then they moved him back on the line of scrimmage. And he had five again. So in three seasons, he has 14. And in one season in 2016, he had 15 and a half. Meanwhile, the Falcons got one of the best players on
0: their roster in the fifth round of this year's class. And you're referring to Grady Jarrett. man just got paid. Sack Tom Brady three times in the Super Bowl. What a do big player! Uh, four year, sixty eight
1: million dollar contract last week. Getting him off that, the franchise tag.
0: Yeah, I thought that was kind of a a deal that was a little less than what I was expecting for him. I guess it, you know, the sack totals aren't necessarily there for him. Yeah, his, his raw numbers aren't quite
1: as elevated. I think he's got what sixteen career sacks and like thirty tackles for loss or something like that.
0: Yeah, but I think this is like a Jerry Hughes thing where if you're not getting pressure from other directions and you're the only guy that's getting home, yep. it makes it very difficult to turn pressures into sacks. Yeah, you, yeah. Need, you need it coming from more angles than just you. Nobody could, nobody watches Grady Jarrett and doesn't feel like he's one of the most disruptive defensive linemen in the game. He, he is, but he's not paid like one. He's paid very well, like don't get me wrong, but he didn't get like crazy resetting the market money like you kind of expect every time we talk about a young good player getting a new deal. Do you think Grady Jarrett's more valuable to the Falcons
1: than he could have been to some other teams? Or do you think he's a universal player? Because the Falcons defense is so predicated on speed in general. Are there defenses out there that you could put Grady Jarrett in and he would not have the opportunity to shine as
0: effectively as what he can in Seattle or in in Atlanta? I mean, if you ask him a two-gap, but I mean if you get him in a penetration style role, he he's, he's going to be good. And he doesn't, I mean, he doesn't necessarily have the the greatest physical traits that you're looking for. I I, I mean, as long as he's penetration style player, I think he's going to be very effective. I don't, I I, I think sometimes you've been, you've you've made me believe this to be true. But I don't think this is one of those times. His numbers are right up there. Yeah.
1: I mean, his numbers are right up there with um Leonard Williams's through four years, and Leonard went six
0: I so, loved Leonard loved him, yeah,
1: I was a big fan as well. I actually left him in New York with uh the redraft. Do we think they end up trading that like they talked about potentially trading Leonard Williams this off season?
0: I feel like you've said that a lot um. And I don't know how much legs there has been to it. I mean, you just look at their overall defensive line landscape and you think maybe there's an opportunity there. But, I mean, the Jets have plenty of money, and I don't know why you, you'd be engaging in those discussions. Just have Leonard Williams, Quinton Williams, Henry Anderson, Foley Fadakasi, and Nathan Shepard and just go to town. Like I, yeah. I'd want them all. Foley Fadakasi
1: is a fun player, by the way. Yeah, he is. I think he's going to really develop into a nice rotational guy there for the, the uh, Jets. Um most underrated first round pick in this class. Do you have one?
0: The most underrated first round pick in this class.
1: He went 27th overall. If you're looking for the right answer. Oh yeah, it's Byron Jones. Yeah. It's definitely Imagine Byron. how good Byron Jones would be if they didn't play him at safety for 2 years. And right. just let him be a corner. Right? Imagine if he would have gone to Minnesota at 11. He yeah. and Xavier Rhodes instead of Trey Waynes.
0: Right. That would have been a, a really, really good oh tandem. Oh, my God. How about the uh, the running backs this year? Yeah. It's an interesting group. I mean, you've got Todd Gurley, Melvin Gordon, David Johnson, Tevin Coleman, who are, like, preferred lead runners in the NFL.
1: Well, Teddy's not yet.
0: He's going to get the opportunity to be. Yeah, he's going to be a freaking problem in San Francisco. He's good. Uh, and then you still, I mean, you still have like Jay Ajayi. You've got Duke Johnson. Mike Davis is going to play a big role for the Bears this year. Yeah. You've you had the, a nice the, influx the, of RB talent that is, you know, contributing in the league right now. This is a nice and,
1: The gurley pick was surprising at
0: the time because he was coming off the injury, wasn't he? Right. Right. And it's been a great pick up until we start to look at him now and say, is he gonna be okay? Is his okay?
1: That's I mean, that's a really scary proposition for Todd Gurley right now. What does he look like going forward? And it really makes me wish, and I talked about this when I did the redraft, Joe that his physical prime, like twenty-one years 21 and 22 years old, he wasn't wasted by Jeff Fisher. He had 571 touches in his first two years in the league when Jeff Fisher was the head coach of that football team, and he had 4.3 yards per touch, not carry, per touch, with 64 receptions over those two years. Mm. 3.2 yards per carry on 278 carries in 2016. (laughs) <laughs> wasteful yeah not great but uh yeah i mean I mean between he and, and melvin gordon and david johnson a uh, couple really exciting like do it all types of backs and then you have tevin coleman as you had mentioned as a specialist as a, a pass catcher to this point who's going to get a really good look in san francisco and and duke johnson and jay and jay had a a 1200 yard rushing season with Miami off the back of two or two or three, three, two or three, 200 yard rushing games. And then his, his knees just totally been shot. And he's, I don't, he hasn't signed with anybody yet. So it's kind of the, the economics on running backs are so screwed up because they run you into the ground on your rookie deal and then it's time to pay. And now nobody wants to pay.
0: Yeah.
1: And I think you'll, you're seeing that with what's going on with J.J. right now. Todd Gurley right now has the potential for that to materialize for him, and it's very unfortunate. But I don't think the Rams should have any regrets about making that as the 10th overall pick. Right.
0: Was there a single good tight end drafted this year? No, there was not. I mean, like Nick Boyle and C.J. Azoma are the two best. And Boyle was, like, fifth round. Right. <laughs> Like, in terms of who's been actually good in their NFL
1: career, some sneaky good offensive linemen in this group, though. Big facts. Uh, obviously, Brandon Scherf stands out for being a stud, uh, recovering from a peck injury. Mitch Morse, now Buffalo Bill, correct?
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm in this draft class, Rob Havenstein, the league, brother. Yeah.
1: Rob Havenstein was one of the best right tackles in football according to Pro Football Focus last year. His run game run game grade was like an 85 or 86. Had a lot of success. Going to the Rams, Ali Marpet. Yep. More of a developmental prospect. Uh he started slow in Tampa, but he he just got paid big time bucks this year, too. Uh, so and it's Shaq weird, Mason like, and Trent Brown. Yeah, Shaq Mason's another one. When I did the redraft, ended up going in the first round.
0: Yeah, and well, Trent Brown. It.
1: Trent Brown went thirty-two. Yeah, Shaq Mason, I sent to
0: uh, Detroit because of Matt Patricia's fetish for former Patriots. They didn't draft him in the right order. We'll tell <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, that, that didn't, because I mean, this was a year Lakin Tomlinson's a first round pick. Yeah. Uh, Wasn't Cedric Oblehy's a first round pick. Cedric Oblee, he's a t- top 25 pick. So is D.J. Humphreys. Meanwhile, <laughs> the good offensive lineman were to be had later. And a little bit of
1: outliers, right? Like for totally different reasons, Trent Brown's like the biggest offensive tackle we've seen come through in quite some time. Yeah. Like, at one point in Florida, I think he was almost 400 pounds. And then Shaq Mason's like 6'1". So, like, unique players, but again, New England, they'll develop you just fine. Brown had his first breakout in San Francisco. New England trades peanuts for him. He starts high-caliber left tackle. The Raiders pay him a record-breaking contract, and the Patriots get a third-round pick back in picks. It's so dumb. <laughs> The whole, the rest of the league is so dumb that they, they, this
0: continues to happen. If um, if people watched our Twitch stream last Wednesday night, they would know that the third quarterback in this draft, we had, you know, Mariota at two, we had Winston at one, and then the next quarterback went number seventy-five overall. Yeah, Garrett Grayson hasn't thrown a pass in the NFL. He is a good college quarterback. Damn it! He, I don't disagree with you. He was a good
1: college quarterback for Colorado State. I saw this stat, and I'm going to change the subject on you real quick here. Sorry. Right. This stat on Mitch Morse is mind-boggling. Okay. You know what this is? I think you haven't you tweeted this out. I believe at some point
0: on Mitch Morse. No, I, I, I maybe I'll, it'll, I'll remember it once you say it. But I have no idea right now. What Mitch, it is. Mitch Morse has not allowed a sack in his last
1: 1543 snaps in pass protection.
0: That's amazing. Glad he's the center for Josh Allen. (laughs) What the hell, man? Zero sacks in 1,543 reps. I mean, I'm sure a lot of that's because Mitch Morse is a good pass blocker, but Alex Smith got the ball out, right? Sure. I mean, that helps. Glad he's my center, Kyle.
1: (sighs) Meanwhile, I gave him to the Dolphins in the redraft. Dolphins have had 1,873 snaps on offense over the last two years and have 85 sacks. <laughs> uh, I'm
0: not a math guy, but that's 85 more than Mitch
1: Morris. Mitch Morris. <laughs> yeah. And only like 800 or 300 extra snaps. Yeah. So what? Like, call it like 64.
0: Jeez, man. That's that's nuts. So the quarterback with the third most passing yards in this draft was Trevor Simeon so far. By a lot. Was he he was undrafted, wasn't he? Or was he a seventh round pick? Um I think he was a seventh round pick. 250 overall. Yeah, he was drafted. Brett Huntley had eighteen hundred yards passing. Bryce Man, Petty, thirteen hundred. This is this was not I mean, there's not even like we have two questionable starters and a couple of not preferred backups. And then Sean Mannion somehow what t- is he on a team? I feel like he's, he's on a team. Still on the Rams, isn't he? No, he's is he really? He's on the Vikings, that's right. I knew he was on the team. He's on oh, the Vikings. Did he change teams this year then? Yeah. 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 Do you have any brand
1: guys that have, have had successful careers out of this group? Uh let's,
0: uh, let's take a gander here. Um, huh, let's see. Eric Kendricks, I had a first-round grade on him. He's a very good likewise. linebacker. Stud. Uh, Eddie Goldman, I had a first-round grade on. Joey! Sir? That's why we're best buds. <laughs> I love Eddie Goldman this year.
1: He had I- such good tape at Florida State. <laughs> I have some first-round grades that I don't want to talk about. Yeah, likewise. So we won't?
0: What did you think of Jordan Hicks coming out? I did not to, like Jordan Hicks. I thought of him as my 137th player on the board in the fifth-round grade. <laughs> okay, yeah. So we're, we were in the same ballpark there. Uh, his 2016 was phenomenal.
1: Jordan Hicks. He he was a tremendous pass coverage guy. Durability has been a big problem for him still to this point, but uh, his plays in space coming out of t- Texas were really,
0: really impressive stuff. I had David Johnson in my top 50. 47th okay. on my board. Oh boy. I liked Andy Gallick too much. I had him at 51.
1: Dude, Andy Gallick was a top 50 player for me as well.
0: He kicked ass. Watch his tape. He kicked ass, man. Great college tape. I don't
1: understand. I to this day will not understand what happened there.
0: And I had Daryl Williams 75th on my board, and I think you had him even higher.
1: Daryl Williams? Yeah. The uh Carolina right tackle? Yep. I had Daryl Williams
0: Thirty fourth on the board that year. Hmm. So that was a, uh, that was a good dunk for you. I mean,
1: I also had Shaq Mason forty third that year.
0: Oh boy, did you really? Yeah. You should probably talk more about that. You think so? I had him eighty two. He okay, got drafted so I mean, one thirty one. He's one of the yeah, best. We to we're the doing game. better than the NFL on that one. Right. Yeah. Come, Can we come.
1: pour one out for Owa a Odigizua? Yeah, he's got a brother now too. It. Yeah, and his out. his brother's at UCLA now. Yeah. <laughs> but Odigizua, man, he was he was a stud at,
0: at UCLA. And he just like didn't want it, right? I think he had some injuries too, but yeah, like because he got he got signed by the Bills, I think last year. And I was all excited. I would be it, the Bills line up signing like him and Scott Christian, and I'm like, oh yeah, these guys are these guys can play, and they can't. <laughs> I think I have a dunk I need to I need to, to do right now. Oh yeah, I do. Right. This is Let's this hear. is a really good dunk by me. Uh, I had Anthony Harris, the safety, who is really making a name for himself. Was very solid player for the Minnesota Vikings. I had him. Uh, a, th- a high third round grade, number seventy one, on my board. If I'm not mistaken, he didn't get drafted. Look at you, Joe. Yeah, undrafted, starting strong safety for the Vikings. His PFF grade last year was an eighty nine. All right, now 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 we're playing the game.
1: <laughs> so now I got to ask, okay, where where did you have Shane
0: Ray? Shane Ray. You probably hated him, and you're going to dunk. I had Shane Ray 41. Oh, I had him 92nd. He was a first-
1: Where did you have Danny Shelton? No, not doing this.
0: Where'd you have Danny Shelton? I want to know where you had Anthony Harris. Uh,
1: I had Danny Shelton 23rd. I'm 86th. Where did you have Brashad Perryman? While I look up where I had Anthony Harris, Perryman, yeah, thirty sixth. I had him seventy sixth. Anthony Harris I had one ninety
0: three. Huh. Should have had him a little higher. I did
1: better than the NFL did, <laughs> yeah, so should. back up off me. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. we had a uh, we we were
0: both fans of Demarius Randall this year, were we not? Um. Yeah, I had him 35th on my board. You had him first-round yeah. grade, I know.
1: No, 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 no. I had him 45th. Oh, I had him higher than you. You did. I'm
0: good. trying to
1: give you credit. You're sitting here trying to give it give it back to me.
0: Yeah. Good friend of mine, Darren Marius Randall. Um, What about... Oh, uh, here's a name. Davis Toll. Reminder that guys with 31-inch arms are generally not going to be good good pass rushers. They couldn't block him in college, though, man.
1: Davis Tull. You know who else couldn't get blocked in college and got blocked in the NFL? Who was that? Bobby Richardson. (sighs) That, like, 270-pound defensive tackle from Indiana? Yeah. He had fun. His tape was fun as hell. I don't care. I had him 90th. He didn't get drafted, did he? No. And then he, like, actually got reps with the Saints one year, and he was decent. And then, like, he would never played again. I had him 77th.
0: So where did you have Grady Jarrett? Uh, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I had him 72, so I did okay there. Uh, Grady is uh,
1: one spot above Doriel Green-Beckham at 172. Not your best work. Um, Dorio Green Beckham was good work, though. It sure as hell was.
0: 173 for a guy that went in the top 40. Uh, I had him one on, 110. 110. So I didn't okay. take the cheese on him either. <laughs> he was like, pe- people thought he was wide receiver one that year. Uh, you know who else people thought were good this year was Paul
1: Dawson. Uh, I was like middle ground on Paul. Same. I didn't get snookered the way a lot of people did.
0: Yeah, you just have to remember, when linebackers run 4.97, it's
1: a problem. bit of a flag. It's a bit of a flag. bit of a problem. I had him 82nd, Paul Dawson. Oh, boy. Where'd you have? Above, above 82? Who what, what player was it again? Paul Dawson. We're just talking about 89. Him. 89. Okay, so we both have him in the 80s. Last one for you. Where did you have Daniil Hunter?
0: You know that I had him way low. You I your- do not know this. I had him 61st. I, I always talk about how Daniel Hunter is one of my biggest learning, ex- learning experiences in scout. Oh, well, I would love to hear more about that. Tell, why don't you tell me where you had him? 192 Kyle.
1: <laughs> that is, that is my, uh, that's my
0: Grady Jarrett. That's returned. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <fair. laughs> you knew it too, the whole time. You fuck. Just, yeah, we're keeping it, aren't we? Uh, yeah. Woo.
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's it that's it i'm gonna put my phone down until we're done Scott. hope you guys enjoyed it's always nice to wind back the clock take a look at one of these past draft classes uh joe we got a date with ben solak though so we gotta run yeah we, we would hate to miss it yeah yeah we would definitely hate to to schedule a phone call and then not make the phone call right ben yeah yeah well <laughs> we'll talk with you guys tomorrow if you got hot takes Uh, takes on takes with the hashtag takes on takes at Joe Marino and at grinding tape on Twitter, Kyle crap signing off with Joe and we will talk with you guys again. Mañana.
0: Thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.